Hello Cleveland, welcome to another episode of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey. As always, uh, well I guess not always because he wasn't with me on the last episode, but most of the time, I am joined by my co-host, Jackson McCurry. Jack, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, sorry uh, for that I couldn't be on last episode with you and Jake. Uh, it was a fantastic episode, by the way. Um, but yeah, I'm here most of the time and I'm and I'm here today with you, so that's all that matters. Yes, it does. You know, yeah, it was a good episode. I encourage anybody that hasn't listened to it yet to go back and listen to the chat that I had with Jake Burns of the OBR. It's always a great thing to have Jake on, so we're always thankful of his time. Uh, you doing good, though? Yeah, you have a good weekend. I know you went to the, the Guardians game on Friday night, though I bet you wish you went to the one on Saturday. Uh, I'm sure that would have been a better uh, performance to go to. Well, they won Friday night, so that was good because obviously, you know, they lost the last two against the White Sox. But yeah, the game was awesome. Uh, if anybody has never been to a rock and blast fireworks show there at Progressive Field, top notch. Uh, worth the 20 minute show that it was. Uh, that was good. Got to watch Francona get ejected Friday night, which it was justified. And yeah, I kind of wish I was there Saturday night for the brawl, but. Um, and I said that to my girlfriend Saturday night as it was unfolding. I was like, babe, we went to the wrong game. I said, this is the game we should have went to. But they did win because usually when we go to a Cleveland sporting event, it hasn't worked well in our favor, uh, ex- except for the Cavs and except for Friday night. But overall, the weekend was good, man. How about you? Uh, it was it was pretty good. I it just kind of relaxed for the most part. Um, you know, it's kind of incredible with the the way the, the rules are now in baseball and the, the pitch clock. The game took two hours and 24 minutes, and it probably took them, what, like 20 minutes to set up the fireworks? So, um, yeah, we were still there till like 10, 10 30, anyways. And then you got to get out of, we were in the gateway parking complex, which uh, that's took forever to get out. Yeah. I mean, we were lucky to even still get a spot in there, and we ended up going to Barrio Tacos before the game. But, uh, okay. That's, that's the that's only a pain in the. That's the only pain in the butt is getting out of there because we parked there for the Cavs game in December. And I told her, I was like, that's the best parking spot. I said, cause the food's there, the ballpark's there. I said, it's the best spot, but yeah, it's just a pain in the butt to get out of. But yeah, I mean, we were home by midnight, which I'll take that getting out of downtown Cleveland on a sports uh, event night. Cause it is crazy at times. Yeah. I mean that uh, Barrio is a good call on your, on your guys's part. That's uh, that's one of my favorite places to go. We have actually one uh, in Willoughby. That's a lot closer than the one downtown. So I always enjoy going there, but uh, no, Alex can enjoy that. I said, enjoy, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, there, there's some good parking spots. So I'm going to have to give you some of my, my go-tos just so you know, for next time, that'll make things a little bit easier. And uh, the way, um, an easy way to get on the freeway too to to get out of there. So I'll, I'll have to share that with you off the air. I don't get, want to give away too many of my secrets, but <laughs> um, you know, as always, we're here to to talk Browns, and you know, we had, did have a game uh, last Thursday night, uh, the Hall of Fame game, uh, which the Browns did win. They came from behind to beat uh, the New York Jets, uh, twenty-one to sixteen. Uh, it was uh, a fun game, you know. I I know it's preseason, but it's always nice to see, um, you know, the the first game of the year and uh, to to know that that football is officially back. And uh, you know, we wanted to go through and, and you know give our thoughts on you know the the highs of the game, the lows of the game, uh, and um, you know, let's start with some of the highs, Jack. I, I know, um, 
there were some definite positive things, especially, you know, winning the game is, you know, not that it matters, but, you know, winning is always nice. And I just want to know from you, you know, when you watched everything, what what uh, what was your biggest takeaway and, and who were your uh, positive impacts from the game on Thursday night? I'm going to, I'm going to go to the offensive line. I feel like we like to talk about the lines of scrimmage here a lot on the podcast. And I want to talk about the offensive line. We knew the starters weren't going to play. So we were able to see the backups, the reserves, uh, because we said at the beginning of this season, we thought, you know, who was going to be the depth behind the starting five was going to be really key. And everybody that gets to play on fr- uh, Thursday night stood out with the exception of, you know, Hunter fed third, which the Browns ultimately released him, um, you know, all over the weekend. So that was kind of, you know, justified because he was the only offensive lineman that gave up any pressures. I thought the entire offensive line stood out really well. The one guy I think that stands out above everybody, obviously, is the Browns fourth round pick day one Jones, seeing him out on the field for the first time in a Browns uniform. We knew how massive of a human being he was going back to his days at Ohio State, but my goodness, seeing number 74 out there and he played all 74 offensive snaps, uh, which I think was pretty funny to think about, but he looked really good as the right tackle. The Browns played him the entire game just because, you know, they had some injuries. Obviously the starters did not take any snaps at all, but uh, I think he stands out obviously not just for his size, but the way he performed on Thursday night against the jets. Uh, I think this bodes well, it's, it, it's obviously preseason, but to see him come out and have a perfect game on Thursday, I think that was really good for uh day one Jones. Yeah. Cause you know, there were, you know, a lot of questions, I guess when, when they drafted him about him and, and motivation and, and those kinds of things and to see him go out there and, you know, a, a meaningless game per se, and, you know, not give up a, a single pressure uh, the entire game, you know, according to pro football focus and, uh, it's a good thing to see. And another guy, you know, Luke Whipler, their other draft pick from Ohio State, uh, went out there and had another good, you know, also had a good performance as well. So, you know, to see these two guys on the offensive line, you know, make a, a positive impact at, at the start of preseason. And yes, it is preseason. And, you know, you have to, you know, take any performance with a grain of salt. But to go out there in your first game and, and have a positive impact is great, especially for two guys who, you know, maybe not this year, but uh, next year or the year after that can certainly contribute uh, or have a chance to contribute as potential starters on this team uh, is a, a good thing for the Browns to have. So for those guys to be their rookies, uh, to go out there and have a good start is extremely important, and they were able to do so. Yeah, definitely. They stood out. Um, I want to talk about, you know, let's talk about the running game as well because they were really good all night long from the start of the game. Uh, John Kelly, I thought, stood out really well. 10 carries for 42 yards. Demetric Felton, who is back as a running back, and I think he's just going to stick there. I think that third running back battle is really going to come down to that final preseason game, Anthony, because all three guys played well. Mentioned Kelly, I mentioned Felton, even Hassan Hall, who was primarily doing the kick returning throughout the beginning of the game. Then late, he got some carries. He was efficient as well. It's going to be an interesting battle because Felton and Hassan Hall both have history of special teams. And I think that third running back is probably going to be the bulk of his time is going to be as a special teamer. John Kelly doesn't have that. He has shined in the preseason the last few years, but now it's, can he do something on special teams to maybe give him that 
that last added bump to the main roster because he's looked so good as a running back throughout the preseason. But I think his lack of special teams work kind of hurts him. So I would give Felton and Hall the edge over him right now. But I really think that that battle for the third running back spot, unless they look towards free agency to add somebody, which they may after today's news. But I thought each one of them uh, stood out Thursday night as well. Yeah, yeah, the the running game just overall, and we'll we'll I'm sure we'll talk about the other half of the running game here in a second. But, um, you know, f- those guys definitely stood out, and and you could see, and Jake, who we had on the podcast, put out a great article the other day, kind of detailing some of the different uh, things that they did on Thursday night that he's excited about in, in terms of scheme with the different uh, running aspects, whether it be you know inside zone, outside zone, uh, the the pin and pull stuff. Uh, so if you if you want to read that, I I highly encourage it. Um, but uh, you know these these backs you know had a great time, uh, or uh, great time an easy time uh, running it seemed like, and you know it just kind of gets you excited a little bit uh, when you're like, well maybe the starting offensive line and Nick Chubb will be able to to replicate this, and I'm sure you know that's their idea. So to see at least like the 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 genesis of you know this new kind of running attack uh with some of the different things that they're doing um is extremely positive and you know i i it took a while for them to get going uh you know the first quarter was a, a little bit stagnant but you know they scored a, a touchdown in the the second third and fourth quarter so they were able to to get things going um you know as as the game progressed so you know, it, it's just uh, it was nice to see that that positive movement, uh, and you know, to to kind of I guess wrap up the well, I guess there's a couple more things we can talk about the offense. I will save the quarterback for last, but um, the the receivers, Jack, I, I think played really well, and uh, you'll have to definitely include another rookie draft pick, and I think pretty much all the rookies played well uh, on Thursday night, but Cedric Tillman. Definitely looks the part of an NFL receiver. the The size is noticeable out there uh, to have a big and physical receiver like he is. And I, I think that uh, to to get a little bit of taste of what he can do, I know it was with you know Kellen Mond and and, and DTR, um, you know, thrown to him. But uh, to to see you know what he was able to do on, on Thursday night, and you could kind of see the potential there. And I, I think that that would be quite exciting as well yeah i mean we've been seeing it in practice early on during uh early portions of training camp but to see it out on the field you talked about the size the physicality that cedric tillman brings to the wide receiver position we've seen it with the likes of donovan peoples jones and amari cooper the last couple years but cedric tillman brings that he brings a downfield threat as part of his game as well he only caught two passes for 35 yards but you could see the potential that he has uh, to be a playmaker on this offense for years to come. Um, it He looked good. Uh, Austin Watkins, who the Browns picked up early in camp too, with obviously what happened with Marquise Goodwin and some other guys, uh, he's starting to stack good day after good day. I mean, he had a good game on Thursday night, two catches for 35 yards as well. He had the touchdown that uh, was the game winner late in the fourth quarter you're seeing the wide receiver depth start to be there when there was some people questioning, should the Browns bring somebody else in because of injuries happening early in camp with Amari Cooper, obviously Marquise Goodwin and others, but you have to feel good that these guys, these young guys are taking 
hold of the opportunity that's in front of them, getting the reps, getting the opportunities with the first team and the second team. You just got to keep stacking these good days and guys like Tillman and guys like Austin Watkins are seizing the opportunity when there's other guys that just aren't taking that opportunity. And even say you're Mitchell Payton, which the tight end room seems pretty set, but this guy's putting good tape out there to where he may get another shot elsewhere, or he may end up on the practice squad. Again, he had some nice uh, screen passes that Mon connected with him early in the game as well. So you have to feel good about these young receivers seizing the opportunity to stick, at least stick around with the Browns in some form or eventually make the active roster once we get down to the final cutdowns. You know, the the thing with Tillman, too, is if I remember correctly, he drew a couple holding penalties, and those are just as good as catches because you know those are first downs as well. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the defensive backs for the Jets were having a, a difficult time with him, uh, just, just covering him, and, and, you know, to draw those penalties are, are extremely important, too, especially – you know, with how the rules are, you know, the, the referees look for those kinds of things. And if he's able to, you know, draw those and, and you know, create these mis- mismatches uh, against these DBs with the size and physicality, you know, it's only going to bode well for this Browns offense. Now, we're going to save the, the, the best for last year, uh, at least for the offense. So we had two quarterbacks play. We had Kellen Mond and we had Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So Mont played okay in in the first half. He had the the touchdown pass uh, right before halftime uh, to get the Browns on the scoreboard. But the 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 big excitement, Jack, and and he was the one guy who I was really excited to to watch and see, and really was the only reason that I stayed up uh, to watch the second half of this game. You know, I, too bad Stefanski could have played him in the for, first half for you know all all of our sakes, but you know. DTR went out there and and had a really good performance. Uh, you know, had uh, the game winning touchdown pass, like you mentioned. Had uh, you know another touchdown drive where he threw an incredible block uh, to allow uh, Felton to score the touchdown. So, you know, to to for him to go out there as a rookie, he he looked pretty poised out there. Uh, I know he's played a lot of football. He spent five years at UCLA, so. He's no stranger to, to leading the offense. And for him to go out there and to have a, a really nice game in uh, his first career game, per se, uh, you know, definitely vaulted him you know, up the depth chart and maybe potentially to be the, the third quarterback uh, of this team. Yeah, I mean, Kellamond, like you said, he looked okay. Uh, the interception was just a poor throw. I don't think he saw... Uh, the linebacker in front of, I think it was Tillman. I think he tried to force a throw there um, when Felton was between two defenders. I don't, I don't know if he saw the one in front, but just a bad interception. But he did look okay. But Dorian Thompson-Robinson stole the show. I mean, when Aaron Rodgers is praising you about how talented you are, and obviously Rodgers from California played in the Pac-12, uh, so he obviously keeps an eye on those guys, those kids in California. and. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, like you said, he looked poised, wasn't afraid to lay it all out there. You mentioned the block. I mean, that that block is still getting views on our uh, Dogland Facebook page. It's one of the reels we posted. Uh, he looked good throwing the ball, was not afraid to use his legs, and uh, he had two solid runs, I think, for 36 yards. Uh, he looked really good. And I, I, it's a guy that I really want to see more of during the preseason just because – we're not expecting to see him in the uh, 
this year at all. We hope not to see him at all. Just let him sit behind Josh Dobbs and Deshaun Watson and take in everything there is to know about to be an NFL quarterback. But he looked the part. He looked like a guy that the Browns obviously pegged as a guy that they wanted on their roster. And he looked good. I just can't wait to see more of him. Hopefully we get to see more of him uh, throughout the preseason, maybe even with the second team. I think if he keeps stacking good performances and why not run him out there and see what he can do with the second team offense. And because I think at some point Josh Dobbs is going to go away and Dorian Thompson Robinson is going to be the long-term backup. I think that's what the Browns plan was. So DTR looked really good and I can't wait to see more of them throughout the preseason. Yeah. From, from a contract perspective, I, I think it just makes sense to have, you know, DTR as that guy, uh, you know, after this season as a backup quarterback, um, it just makes sense that way. And, you know, look, you know, we we really shouldn't see DTR in the regular season at all uh, for the next, you know, three or four years, however long he's here, uh, because you want the, the starting quarterback out there. So uh, maybe go out there and take a knee every now and then uh, at the end of the game um, w- would be a good thing. But, you know, it, I, he's, he's an exciting player, and I think he's going to make this preseason watchable. Uh, you know, sometimes the preseason is hard to watch and whatnot. So I, I think that DTR will at least make these games watchable when, when he's in there because he's he's definitely an exciting player and there there is definite potential there. Um, uh, you know, he he sure has a, a lot of work to do, and I'm sure being uh you know with Chip Kelly at UCLA for you know the last few seasons has definitely helped him and you know, coming to an offense like Stefanski's uh, will will also help him grow. So, you know, DTR is the kind of player that, you know, maybe two, three years he turns into a, a major trade, you know, chip uh, as long as, you know, the Deshaun Watson thing works out as, as quarterback. You know, if DTR turns into a, a trade chip two three, two, three years down the road, then, you know, that's that's a big win for the, the Browns front office. Uh you know, drafting a guy where they drafted him, and if you get better value out of him, uh, you know, obviously as your backup, but you know, maybe future draft capital, and that, that would be a, a good thing. And you know, that that kind of should be the case when you have your franchise quarterback. You've seen it happen in, in Green Bay a couple times. You know, where uh, you know they were able to trade. Oh, what was his name? Um, Matt Flynn uh, to the Seahawks. Where was that free agency? Yeah. No, but I mean, Mark Brunel, Aaron Brooks, Matt Hasselbeck, like the Packers had a QB pipeline in the 90s. And you kind of hope that happens. It doesn't happen often these days. I know the Patriots obviously did that with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Uh, But yeah, yeah, Matt Castle, almost forgot about him. But yeah, like it happens in some cases. But yeah, you just hope that, you know, DTR is at least the long term backup for the next couple of years. And then if a team out there wants them. Maybe somebody that in, in underneath Andrew Barry goes somewhere else and makes a trade for him because they believe in him. But yeah, I mean, at, at at best, you think he's like Josh Dobbs, a long-term NFL backup that could be a spot starter uh, in a pinch. But yeah, don't want to see DTR on the field at all. No offense to him and his talent, but we didn't pay him $230 million. We paid Deshaun Watson. So we need him out there for all 17 games, plus hopefully the postseason. Exactly. Um before we move on to some of the the negatives from the game, is there anybody on defense, Jack, that uh, you looked at on uh, Thursday night and, and were able to take a, a positive uh, uh, notes on? Bubba Bolden. 
I mean, you look at that safety room behind Thornhill, Delbit and McLeod, that fourth safety spot is up for competition. Obviously, D'Anthony Belt is the incumbent, but Bubba Bolden put a strong game out there. Obviously had the game ceiling interception late, uh, was PFF's highest highest graded defender with a 93.2. Um, just made big plays and made the most of his opportunities out there. Uh, he stood out. I thought Cam Mitchell had some flashes. Alex Wright looked really good, which is unfortunate with the news we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, there was a lot of bright spots, but those were some of the couple ones. Um, how about you? Who stood out on defense to you? You know, there there's another rookie, and it was yeah. uh, Siaka Ika. Uh, yeah. You know, I, 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 you'd mentioned earlier, I, we like to talk about, you know, the, the trenches and, and to play there, but um, I, I really like to focus in on that and, you know, to watch him, um, you know, maybe not have, you know, the, the, the stats uh, that you, you know, look for in, in D Lyman, but uh, the, just the way he was able to blow up some plays, uh, there was the one third down and one uh, where he blew up, uh, it was at least a guard, I'm not sure if he got the center too, but he definitely uh, wrecked that play and allowed the Browns to get off the field on third down. Uh, I want to say it was in in, in the third quarter uh, that happened, uh, but you know we we're wanting somebody in that defensive tackle room to step up, and you know if he's able to, that's great. Uh, obviously, we would prefer you know if they were able to sign somebody, uh, get somebody else in there to help him out. But you know to to see him you know have that positive impact in his first game as well, uh, you know just bodes very well for this entire rookie class uh, who's who seems like everybody. Uh, you know, made a contribution uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, he stood out in that D tackle room. Tommy Togi, I did as well. I know he's really on the bubble this year, but he had two pressures. He had a batted ball. Uh, he played well. Um, he's going to have to do a lot, I think, to make this uh, this roster just because he has not shown anything worthwhile in his first couple years, but he had some good moments on Thursday. But yeah, I mean, they really need to do something about this D tackle room because when we'll get to it with the disappointments, um, it's not looking pretty right now in that room. Well, let, let's go there. Uh, you know, you know, Thursday night was pretty positive, but there were some a few negative things, and uh, I'll I'll let you start with you know your takeaways on, on some of the negatives from Thursday night. We got to talk about Jordan Elliott because he was like the most notable guy that's been with the first team offense or first team defense that you know he's been taking all the first team reps for the most part alongside Dalvin Tomlinson and then he's one of the guys that has to play Thursday night because and obviously you know Maury uh Tristan Hill was out and you know they needed guys out there on the field but the fact that Jordan Elliott played and he did not play well I think that's really something to keep an eye on um obviously you know they brought in Shelby Harris those talks are still ongoing, but I think Elliot's probably assessing all his options at this point. But the fact that you're starting three tech was out there at the beginning of the preseason in a game where 37 players, including the majority of the starters were out there, weren't playing, but he was, I don't think that bodes well for Jordan Elliott still, even though, you know, he restructured his contract to, kind of guarantee he makes the roster. I still think there's a way they move on from him. He didn't do himself any favors on Thursday. And I think that bodes well, doesn't bode well for the D tackle room when the guy that's gotten the opportunities isn't making the most of them. 
and they're still seeking outside options at that position, uh, I'd be a little on edge if I was Jordan Elliott at this point. Who disappointed for you, Anthony? You know, it, it, it. this one's the same story. You know, they have tried and tried and tried for the last few years to get Anthony Schwartz uh, involved in this offense. And there's talent there. Uh, it's just every time they seem to give him an opportunity, something bad happens, whether it be an injury or just like on Thursday night, he fumbled the ball. They gave him the ball on, on, a, on a reverse uh, and – he fumbled it. You know, it looked he got a very nice gain out of it. It was going to be like a seven, eight yard gain, but uh, you know, unfortunately, somebody knocked the ball out. And you know, when you are battling to for that final receiver spot, uh, for one of those final receiver spots, you can't afford those mistakes. And it's just not a, a one game thing with him. You know, like I mentioned, it's been you know chance after chance after chance over the last few seasons, and. You know, I I don't know how many more chances he has, and you know, I I think that there's aspects that he would be able to contribute, but you know, if you can't hold on to the ball and, and stay on the field, you know, there's there's really unfortunately, you know, no no need for you to be on this team, and you know, there there's it's disappointing because you know they obviously I think see something in him because of you know giving him chance after chance, but it's just not working out on the field. Yeah. And it feels like we're almost picking on him at this point, but when it stands out like that, like it's something that needs to be said. And I was one of the biggest Anthony Schwartz fans coming out of that draft class when he, you know, his debut game was phenomenal. Then, you know, he gets hurt, just had a rough rookie year, gets blamed for the Baker Mayfield shoulder injury because he misjudged the route or overran the route. I forget even what it was, but then last year, you know, couldn't stay healthy. And it's just like, he gets these opportunities and then it just falls apart. And it's unfortunate because like you said, the Browns see something in him. I see things that can be that Anthony Schwartz can be make an impact in this league, but then just bad luck happens, whether it's an injury, a drop pass or a fumble, like in this case on Thursday night, it's just, it doesn't bode well. And then you see these injuries happen in the wide receiver room and that opens the door for them. And then you just think like something negative is going to happen today or in practice or in a game. But it's unfortunate because, you know, Anthony Schwartz has been the target of jokes on social media and everything. And you got to think that he, he sees them. Everybody sees everything that gets posted on social media, but it's just, I don't see the opportunity happening here in Cleveland. Like I think he can go somewhere else and do it. But I think Jake Burns had said on his podcast the other night, maybe Schwartz should go back to track and focus on that because he could make money off that. Like we're less than a year away from the Olympics or yeah, we're almost or a year away from the Olympics. I don't know what the world championships have happened yet, but maybe Schwartz should go focus on that because we know he's got Olympic class speed, like go do something that you love and that you can make an impact in that thing. Cause I just don't, maybe football is not Anthony Schwartz's thing. Maybe it was something for him to do in college when track season wasn't going on, but I just don't see it boding well for him in the NFL at this point. You know, they they have a good guy there. I think that can mentor him and Marquise Goodwin. You know, I, I think that there's a lot of similarities there, uh, you know, between those two players. But, you know, if he can't capitalize on, on these chances that he's been getting, you know, he's not going to make the, this final roster cut down. Uh, you might be able to sneak him on, 
uh, the practice squad because of you know how how much the negative uh, of the chances he's got has has impacted him. You know, maybe it has not really made him desirable to to other teams at this point. Um, but yeah, it's it's disappointing, and, and you know that that's one guy who you know, like we said, you you want to root for it, and it might seem like we're picking on him, but you know, just it seems like every time he gets an opportunity, you know, he fumbles, he he, um, he drops the ball, et cetera, gets injured, and it, it's really a bummer. Uh, there is one more negative uh, I'll bring up, even though it was a, a slight one, and, you know, it could have cost them at the end of the game here, and that was Cade York missed a field goal in the first quarter. Uh, on their, It was the opening drive, if I remember right. And, you know, Jack, he missed a lot of field goals last year. Uh, it was good to see him come back and, you know, make all three of the extra points that he made the rest of the game. But, uh, you know, that field goal uh, attempt wasn't pretty. It came off his foot weird, and I could tell that it was going to be a miss right away just from the, the way it was kicked. But, um, you know, that's that's something that, that's really important for this team, uh, you know, the, the field goal kicking in. Uh, for him to go out there and, and miss his first one in preseason, definitely, um, you know, can't bode too well. Yeah, and I even I even posted it on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, after he missed that kick, I screenshot the available kickers. I'm like, here's the list just in case. Because, that, like, that's just, like, you're not doing your job. And it seems like he didn't learn anything from last year with the way it's coming off his foot, the way he, uh, the trajectory of how he lines up his kicks or whatever. It's like he's not taking the coaching or he's not taking the advice or anything. Um, it Like you said, it was good that he made all the extra points after that, but you got to make the kicks. I know it's a mental thing. Uh you know, I don't know if he's seeked any advice from Phil Dawson or anybody who's kicked. If he's not listening to the advice Bubba Ventrone or whoever the kicking coaches uh, there in Cleveland, if he has a specific one that just focuses on the kicking, but you kind of hope York gets gets it out of his head because I think we all seen the talent was there. I mean, he he kicked a game winning field goal from 58 yards in the opener last year uh, and made some other big kicks throughout the season, but he's got to he's got to focus and he's got to get it together because we've seen it. Obviously Zane Gonzalez didn't last long here. Austin Seibert didn't last long here. There's been plenty of other kickers uh, since Phil Dawson left in 2012 that have been in and out the door quickly. So you hope York gets it together, but you got to do your job. You got to make those kicks. Yeah. Cause you know, right now I would rather, you know, Stefanski go for it. on like, you know, fourth and five, fourth and six, then, then, kick the field goal you know if you're on you know the right side of the 50 uh just because you don't know uh you know until that becomes much more consistent um uh, and i know jack duffin would want to go for it every other time but that's a, a different story um but you know if those are able to get more consistent i am more willing to say okay you know let, let's not go for it here let's uh you know let, let's kick the field goal but uh, you know, unfortunately, he just needs to to do a better job, and you know, maybe some competition would help him. Um, but you know, there's really not a whole lot you know out there at this point of the season, uh, you know, for them to go get. I know you put the list out there, but uh, finding a kicker this close to the regular season not always an easy thing to do. Um, 
Let's go through some of the news here, uh, some of the injury news. A uh, couple, you know, promising players um, for the Browns. Uh, Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas are both going to miss multiple weeks here uh, with injuries. Uh, Dalen Baldwin, uh, the Browns waived with an injury designation. Uh, he's supposed to be out uh, six to eight weeks. Uh, today in practice, Drew Forbes was carted off the field with a apparent back injury, and then jo- Jerome Ford, uh, who you know as of right now is is running back too, uh, walked off the field with trainers early today. So you know, a little banged up uh, after the first preseason game, and you know not having uh, Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas, Jack, I think. Uh, is really going to be a, a big blow because I know they were counting on, you know, having that depth uh, when the season started. But if they're going to be out for for a while, you know, I I know they added somebody that we'll get to here, but uh, you know, you might have to you know find somebody else uh, to, you know, uh, be able to to be in this defensive room or defensive line room. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a blow when Stefanski announced that before practice on Monday, which we're recording it on Monday. Um, he said one of them suffered the injury during the game Thursday and another one suffered it beforehand. Um, which is weird because both of them played, uh, Thomas played 25 snaps, Wright played 15 snaps. So maybe Wright suffered it was the one that suffered it before the game. So they limited his snap count, but, uh, obviously these are significant injuries. If they are going to be out going into the regular season, so that doesn't bode well to the defensive line depth. Um, they did sign some guys this week, or they signed Charles Wiley, who spent time with the Ravens last year, added him to the room. Um, they have Sam Kamara, who played well, Lonnie Phelps, who had some flashes. Uh, so there's still bodies in that in that defensive line room, but the depth definitely took a hit. Alex Wright, I think we all expected him to take a jump in year two. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was a seventh round pick last year. We expected him to at least maybe make the roster, maybe make the practice squad. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens in that aspect. Um, Cause that definitely hits a blow to the pass rushing room, which we, I think we were excited about the amount of bodies and depth that they had in that room. Um, as for who was the other Jerome Ford, they said it was a hamstring injury. We don't know the details yet if he's going to be out, but that definitely takes a blow to the running back room because Andrew Barry had high praise for him. Stump Mitchell did Um, on Sunday. Stump Mitchell talked about how Nick Chubb's going to be a third down back, but Jerome Ford has the opportunities to make an impact in that room. So you're going to wonder what happens there. And then Dalen Baldwin, I know I wrote about him after the Marquise Goodwin injury as a guy that could take that six wide receiver spot if Goodwin can't come back to football with the blood clot injury, but um, yeah, it's, it, it's unfortunate because we've seen wide receiver injuries happen throughout camp so far with Goodwin. Now with Baldwin, we're obviously waiting for Jakeem Grant to get back, but this is the opportunity for guys like an Austin Watkins, a Mike Harley jr. Uh, they signed Jalen Wayne, who is the cousin or nephew of Reggie Wayne, uh, the soon to be hall of fame wide receiver. Um, so he was with the bills earlier this off season. Now he's with the Browns getting an opportunity. So this is where guys can seize the opportunity. Like we talked about earlier. So with these things happening in the wide receiver room, 
this gives another opportunity for an Anthony Schwartz or a Jalen Darden once he comes back from his uh, small injury he suffered last week. So you hate to see these guys drop. Uh, and even Drew Forbes, we talked about the offensive line depth as well, Anthony. I mean, this is where guys can step up and seize the opportunities uh, to make this roster because unfortunately injuries happen, but this is where the door opens up for guys that may have not had the opportunity beforehand. Yeah, you know, that that's why we had the preseason. You're able to get a look at all these players and, and see what they're able to contribute. And, you know, if there are injuries, you know, maybe they do make that final 53-man roster and, you know, we'll hang around until, um, you know, those other guys come back or maybe they play well and, you know, those other guys never come back. So, you know, they have time to figure these things out. Hopefully, you know, these injuries with, uh, you know, Wright and Thomas aren't, aren't too significant and they aren't out too long. Um you know, I was looking at uh, Charles Wiley's uh, PFF stuff as you were talking there. And, you know, last year he had average grades, um, you know, a 62 for pass rush, a 63 for run defense, a 65 overall on defense, uh, 75 tackles. So, uh, you know, granted that was only 115 snaps throughout the whole season, but uh, 73 of those were pass rush. So you could tell that's what those – main situations were used for uh for him um so you know maybe he'll be able to come in here and, and contribute a little bit you know he's 6'3 255 and uh you know but he, he's he's smaller for what i think jim schwartz would like among his defensive linemen so that's going to be interesting yeah we'll, we'll see how it plays out and you know if they could you know carve out a little role for him if he's able to impress then, then great but you know i'm sure you know They'll be waiting for those other two guys to get back as soon as possible because it's important to you know have uh, both Wright and Thomas uh, you know available on Sundays. Um, before we uh, you know get on out of here, we wanted to look ahead to the football game on uh, Friday night. Uh, it is technically another the first home game, even though the Hall of Fame game was kind of a home game for them. Um, but the Browns will play the Washington Commanders uh, on Friday night at 7.30 p.m. Uh, at, fir- well, not First Energy Stadium, excuse me, uh, Cleveland Browns Stadium. It's going to take a second to get used to that again. Uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing? I We maybe will get a series or two out of the starters, uh, maybe. Uh, we still haven't heard if they will or not. Uh do you expect to see them, and, and what are you looking for in the second uh, preseason game? Just a continuation of what they built upon, what they laid down on Thursday last week. Um, see that continue on Friday. Would like to see maybe a little bit of the offense. Um, I don't know what the plan is. Um, I know the main focus is going to be next week in Philly. Obviously, with the injuries starting to pile up, I know Newsom's been out a little bit. There's been other some other guys that have had minor tweaks and stuff in practice, so maybe we don't see the starters at all. But just um, to see guys stacking their positive performances with another one. Guys like Felton uh, and the rest of the running game, the offensive line having another strong so- showing, um, like we talked about some of the rookies, like keep building on uh, the positive performances they had and just continue to build momentum. And I think most importantly, just no injuries. Don't want to see any more injuries at this point. I think our depth kind of taken a hit a little bit the last couple of days, as long as we can get out of there clean and healthy uh, and get prepared for the, the joint practices next week in Philly. I think that's the biggest thing I want to see Friday night. 
Yeah, those, those joint practices will be huge, and you know, I'm sure we'll all be excited to, to see as much of those as we can. Um, but yeah, you know, you just want to build on the positive performance that they had last week uh, against the Jets. You know, do that again. Uh, obviously, we'll, I'll be excited to watch some more DTR. I'm sure, you know, maybe all four quarterbacks might play uh, on Thursday. You know, we'll Friday s- or Friday. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but you know, maybe we'll get to see, you know, Deshaun for a series or two, um, you know, this week, uh, it would be nice. Um, but, uh, you know, as long as, like you said, as long as nobody gets injured and, you know, they have another positive performance, that's pretty, that's all you can really ask for in a preseason. And I guess you could treat this as a normal preseason since technically they have four games and, they could use that one against the the game against the Eagles uh, next week as the the true uh, dress rehearsal. Now, you know they will have the joint practices all week. So you know how much are they really gonna you know put out there? And when they finally get to the game, um, I want to say that's uh, Friday, uh, Thursday night again uh, that they'll play. So uh, on the seventeenth there. So we'll see. Uh, you know what they do this week. Is there anything else uh, you want to talk about before we get on out of here? No, man. Um, I I don't know when's the next time we're gonna be together because like I'm going on a mini vacation starting Wednesday afternoon. So like I don't know. We pro- I probably won't be on the post game show. I don't know if you're gonna plan on getting a guest or anything. Um. But yeah, I'll be away, so I don't even know if I'm going to get to watch the game Friday night. I still have figured that one out. But yeah, I mean, we talked about everything. We caught up all the news we needed to discuss. So like always, go Browns. Where uh, where are you going on vacation? Anywhere fun? So Wednesday night, me and my girlfriend and her daughter were going to see Nickelback and Brantley at Blossom. And then this weekend, going to Columbus for the weekend, going to see Morgan Wallen and others in the horseshoe, which that's going to be awesome. Uh, and then spending Sunday in Columbus. So it's a mini little getaway, but it will it should be nice. If you get a chance, uh, I'm not sure if, if you will, what you guys have planned for Sunday, but the Columbus Zoo is really nice uh, if you get an opportunity to, to check that out. Um, yeah, I'll yeah we're it. definitely... Yeah, we're definitely exploring Columbus a little bit. I don't know if we're going to go see the zoo, but uh, definitely going to explore Columbus somewhat. So, yeah, there's there's some good stuff down there. I, I enjoy going down there uh, when I've been able to. Uh, I know you won't be able to, but the casino down there is also nice. Uh, for for future reference, um, <laughs> thank you for you. Uh, but yeah, you know, hopefully you have a good little vacation. I'm sure we'll be back at some point. Uh, Next week, I, I might try and get a guest on for, for postgame uh, on Friday night. Uh, I got it right that time. Uh, so we'll see uh, about that. Uh, if not, you know, we'll be back, you know, early next week at, at, to, to break down the game and, you know, preview the, the practices with the Eagles, uh, preview that game as well. So until then, uh, be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, at Jack McCurry 8 at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I, uh, the Dogland on Twitter X, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, Threads, uh, we're on there too. Uh, at the Dogland, uh, the same handle for everything. With all that, we're going to get on out of here, and most importantly, remember, go Browns. <laughs>